Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. It's that time of the week again. The Rugby League Grand Fifth and Last. Put on your headgear, chuck in your mouth guard, and get ready for an hour nothing but NRL tour. Big welcome back to this week's edition of the Fifth and Last Podcast. And as always, we kick it off with some news. And my God, there's a fair bit this week. Starting off with Luke Walsh, who during the week was supposedly seeking a release from the last two years of his contract at the Panthers to join St. Helens in the Super League. We've heard today that he has asked for an immediate release. So as to whether the Panthers will let this happen or not is another question. If they do... Uh, it leaves question who's going to be playing next to Jamie Sowd next year in the seven jersey. Will it be Isaac John, Blake Austin, or Tom Humble? But a lot of people now linking on to our next story think it will be Sam Williams, who is supposedly in advanced talks with the Panthers, with Phil Good being very interested, and obviously Sam being on the outer, seeing as though the Raiders have so many halves banked up at the moment with other youngsters, including Anthony Milford and Mitchell Cornish. So... As far as what happens there, we'll have to wait and see, but I don't think that's a bad signing if they do get their hands on young Sam. Uh, Linking to the Raiders from the Sam Williams story, Blake Ferguson obviously started off the year with a fair bit of drama, but is now re-signed until 2015, and if uh, his weekend's form against the Stormers ain't to go off, he's definitely got quality written all over him, so let's hope that he can keep keep his act together and find himself in a rep team in the near future. Other re-signings from the week, Jacob Loco re-signed for a further two years with the Parramatta Eels for a reported sum of money close to half a million dollars. Fair bit of money for a young man who's had a couple of knee reconstructions, but you look at his game on the weekend, 10 tackle busts and 150 metres, he's definitely a player of the future if he can stay healthy. Also at Parramatta, they've released Talima Tautoi, a former player of theirs who went to the Cronulla Sharks and came back. He's headed over to the Super League effective immediately to play for the Wakefield Wildcats. And Daniel Mortimer has re-signed for two years with the Roosters, which has worked out to be a very good switch from the Parramatta, where he had some issues. Other news, youngster Adam Clydesdale, for those of you who don't know, uh, obviously the Newcastle fans out there will, has signed a three-year deal with the Knights after getting a decent offer from Manly. They've knocked that back. Clydesdale and his manager have come out and said that he really, really wants to remain at Newcastle and follow on the legacy that's been left behind from Denny Badira. So very good news with them, with Badira's close to retiring and obviously only having Travis Waddell as a backup. Uh, Jacob Miller from the Tigers has been released immediately to join Hull FC, so another big one there for a team that's missing a lot of players. Uh, the reasoning why we're starting to hear that supposedly there's been a fallout between Miller and Potter Nothing solid, obviously, or speculation, but uh, how it's gone down, you'd have to think that something's gone awry. Dane Weston 
effective immediately, also released from the Penrith Panthers, has joined the Melbourne Storm for the next two years. Broncos youngster Delroy Berryman, you would have seen him in the trials. Most people, uh, a very, very fast winger, 22 years of age, has inked a two-year deal with the Eagles, leaving the Broncos quite disappointed. Uh, this won't start until next year, but obviously with Miranda in front, yeah, yeah, probably on his way back, and Hoffman on a wing. Berryman has signed down for Manly, who have lost players due to salary cap issues, and he feels he has a better chance of getting a run there. Luke Bailey, the Gold Coast Titan front rower and veteran, is about to get a possible one-year extension and supposedly feels like he can play for the next two years. Um, I don't know about all the fans out there, but for me, I think it's time for Luke Bailey to probably retire. He's been an absolute servant to the game, but injuries and age, I think it's time they put their money elsewhere. And one more that will make probably a lot of people happy at Parramatta, Ben Roberts is supposedly on the outer and may be granted a release Effective immediately also to go join a rugby union club or somewhere else. But for the money that Parramatta have paid, reportedly figure around 200 a couple of years ago, they want to free up that money and put it to good use elsewhere. Tigers fans out there, I think this one's probably a good one for you. Young Martin Tapia, Bulldogs front row, feeling a bit on the outer now with Tolman and Eastwood re-signing, plus Cassiano, Graham back, T-Rex and Pritchard. So... Apparently there's a bit of cold feet there and he may be seeking to go to a club that's looking for some front rowers, so probably not a bad thing. A good young player and the Tigers definitely need a prop, so if uh, you're a Tigers fan, that may be one that they should be looking into the next couple of weeks. But now we'll move on to some players returning from injury and who have been injured. Obviously the Gold Coast Titans have been lacking some players the last few weeks, but this week they look forward to the return of David Mead and Kevin Gordon, their speedsters as well as Ben Ridge, which has been much needed, lacking outside backs for the last couple of weeks. Sam Moa, unfortunately, is looking up to four to six weeks out from the Sydney Roosters with a knee problem, but also syndesmosis, which is a high ankle sprain. Uh, for New South Wales, big problems over the weekend. Paul Gallen reportedly no tear in that knee two to three weeks, but many are starting to think that they're playing this down a bit. He's been seen in an ACL brace, not to say that he's torn that, and uh, also reckons he heard a crack or a pop on Sunday. So as to whether it is only a minor injury, we'll wait and see, but they may be playing Goose. Brett Morris and Brett Stewart also both going for scans. Not good for New South Wales fans. There's no news yet on what may have happened to these two, but we're very hopeful that all three of the players come through healthy. Jared Mullen uh, may be a contender for the six, not in my eyes, but he's also out with bone bruising. So four players gone there that are all possible New South Welshmen. Kevin Locke, another one who will be out for a week or two. Uh, it's been found that his back injury is not as bad as first, first thought. Supposedly they were thinking it may have been a prolapsed disc, but now saying it may only be soft tissue, so good news for him. Sam Cassiano and Rennie Matua have been cleared for their shoulder charges during the round, so they're both free to play this week. And also with those injuries from New South Wales and Laurie Daly this week, we've got word of him obviously saying he has 15 out of his 17 spots chosen. Many believe it's the 5-8 position and prop that are missing. So for anyone out there, I think it's pretty clear that if Pierce is going to be the 7, that Maloney will probably get that 6 jersey. But if it's anyone else who's going to get it, I think you'd have to say it'd be John Sutton in his form. And as far as props are concerned, Tarmow's obviously booked in, but if you weren't going to put Paul Gallen in the front row with him, Aaron Woods has more than earned his spot, and I think Andrew Fafito would be a fantastic option for the bench. And the last piece of news we've got, Cameron Smith says the Storm are facing tough times ahead without having a bye before the origin period and after, not in between games as they did last year. So 
if you support any of the other 15 clubs in the NRL, time to make your points up is now because Melbourne are probably going to be fairly tired and worn down and may slide down the ladder a bit, but I'm sure they will firm up after the origin period. But for now, that's all the news this week. Plenty of news, obviously. Signings, rumours, immediate transfers, injuries and returns. But now we are joined by Roosters fanatic and member of the Triple M Grill team, Gus Wallen, for an interview. So let's get straight into that. As I said before, we have the pleasure of being joined now by the Grill team's own Gus Wallen. And Gus, how you doing, buddy? Yeah, good morning. Very well. How are you? Good to be on the show. Uh, mate, very, very good we are doing and very, very good to have you on the show. Absolute pleasure to have you on. So kicking things off, mate, you're obviously a Roosters diehard, so having a great year for you, th- this year for you. Yeah, so far so good, mate. Um, you know, after the loss to uh, the Rabbitohs in round one and the last couple of seasons we've had, I thought, oh, God, what's going to happen? But since then, we've had some really good wins and we've been defending really well and uh, actually went into Roosters headquarters about after round three or four and uh, Craig Fitzgibbon's in there and he's a defensive coach and it just gave me that belief that uh, the Robo has got the right people involved with the right sort of attitudes and the, and the great culture of, uh, of that rooster side from sort of 2000 to 2005. Anyone with 50 years in defensive coach would do us nice here. Of course, we've let him less points than anyone else. We've done a fantastic job so far. So, um, long may continue, but of course, the, um, the two Jets will come to Brookie uh, next Monday night. If we can do the job there and pick up the points, then... Uh, I really will start believing. I've got a lot of roots to make already. We're booking a grand final with um, with the Storm or South, but I think we've still got to prove ourselves. The next three weeks will be big. Manly, uh, Cowboys and the Storm. If we come out with two wins out of three there, I think we're in pretty good shape. Yeah, definitely, mate. So what do you put it down to? Obviously, you've said that um, Craig Fitzgibbon, Trent Robinson, obviously they didn't have much success under Brian Smith. So, so is that what you put it down to, the changing coach or the changing roster? I, I just... I was one of the blokes at the start of the year. I thought, I need to see the Roosters, well, more from the Roosters, not just the fact that they've got Sonny Bill and they've got a new coach, but and they, yeah. I really do see them making progression as a team. You know, They've definitely grown, uh, definitely since last year, um, but oh, you yeah. know, even in the first eight weeks, mate, they've come along leaps and bounds. Well, I think, every, I think everyone's surprised how quickly Robbo has picked up the... Uh picked up the pace of the joint and, and decided, you know, what well, he needed to change a few things. I remember having a cup of coffee at the SFS in the cafe there um, just after Robbo was put in charge. And I, I was actually just chatting to Craig Fitzgibbon and uh, Paul Green, who had just come on uh, as the Newtown coach. Yep. And Robbo walked over and I just thought, how unassuming is this bloke? You know, after meeting um, Brian Smith, who was sort of, you know, pretty intense and Obviously, so well known and been in the game for so long. I thought, I thought this could go, could go two ways here. Um, could, could this bloke be something special, or will he be a bloke sort of in between before we get another big case that comes off contract, like a Bellamy or something? Yeah. But, um, mate, incre- incredible the, what he's put into the place. I spent a lot of time with sort of sales and marketing and people like that, and they just say that he's such a great bloke. Fitzy reckons he's a great bloke. So that's obviously a really big thing. The coach has come in. Sonny Bill Williams, you can't, you can't, you can't talk about the Roosters without talking about him. But I reckon he's been probably the third best bloke that we've had. I reckon, uh, I reckon Jennings and Mulaney have been the two bloke of the season. You combine that with Mitchell Pearce, that 
just can run the floor now and not have to worry about doing everything because Maloney tends to do most things. And they've got a really happy team. Um, Minicello yesterday, last night, was on Matty's show on the Monday night. Mm. And he Matty came into work this morning and said, I can't believe how happy Minicello is. He's just that pumped. He's that excited. He's, he's fresh. He looks fit and healthy. He's really happy. And he said, apparently, that's the, all the way through the squad. So, um, you know, with, I think in the background there, it's looking pretty good. And I think you've got to combine the coach and the new guys as, uh, as the key to that. Yeah, I was about to say, obviously, Sonny Bill, everyone at the start, it was the, oh, I'm sick of the ag campaigns and is he going to come back for the yeah. right reasons? And you, you look at it now, you can definitely say he's done more than deliver on the field. And I think there was a game a couple of weeks ago that me and Brock watched. He had seven touches, two of them were tries. There was two try assists, a line break assist and an offload. So if you want to talk about the, quality was, over quantity, like absolutely ridiculous how much he's outputting. Yeah, that that was the Roosters game, I think. He's come... Uh, sorry, the, the Bulldogs-Roosters game. He just carved the Bulldogs to pieces. And, you know, the week leading into that was obviously a lot of pressure for him. But he's come back a much mature person off the field, I think. He just seems to... Every, he handles everything in his stride. Um, you know, before he went overseas, he was easily agitated and was obviously getting some poor advice as well. So uh, I think yeah. cleaning his life up off the field is really helping him on the field. He's playing fantastic. Oh, no doubt in the world. I can't remember the game it was now. I'm always on the spot. But, uh, there was a game that he, ne- that he never played the ball. So he so he took it up maybe 11 or 12 times. Yeah. But he got the offload every single time. He never played the ball in the whole game. And um, that, that and the fact that he played 80 minutes pretty much straight off the bat. I think he came on against South after just under half an hour. He played the rest of the game. He's played 80 minutes ever since until Robbo decides with Pitsu to go to the game to one like against Power and against the Zoggy he takes gives him a rest. He's physically up for it. I think that's what everyone was worried about after a few years playing yeah. at the Union where he's in the centres, he perhaps um, wasn't used to the ma- major contact and, and, and the pace of the game. Uh, he's certainly come back to his own he's fit as a fiddle and apparently he does things the same thing with Jennings. They do things for Tony which are just a little bit freaky and people then try to uh, copy them and can't do it. So it's always good to have those style of players uh, in your squad as long as they're hard working and so far so good. Yeah, and obviously they've got James Maloney who's barbecuing alone but also playing fantastic <laughs> football. Um, <laughs> if I, I'll put it to you right now. they got to pick a 5-8 tomorrow. Laurie Daly's already obviously blurted out that he's got 15 players picked. Uh, I'll give, put the question to you. They obviously reckon he needs to pick a front rower and a five-eight. I think Maloney's a shoe in for the five-eight. But uh, what, what's your opinion if you've got to pick a? What do you think he's going to? If say? you've got to pick a five-eight, you've got to pick a, a front rower to partner James Tarmow. Who is it? Oh God! See, I, I don't want. To, I, I've got a real mixed feelings over having roosters in the state of origin of sport. <laughs> I had this chat with MG and Manny the other day, and I, I'm still not 100% sure. The boys say you get picked for origin, you go in there, you come back to club rugby and you're a foot taller. You know, you just, you feel a million bucks, your confidence is up, you've had these wonderful experiences and that will then help us at the back end. But what I'm worried about is what's going to happen in the sort of six weeks where origin like Melbourne normally get hammered, the Broncos get hammered, the Cowboys still certainly think get hammered. I don't want to be, you know, come, going back and having... You know, winning one game in, in that six weeks because we don't have our origin stars available. So, uh, mate, so, but, you know, whatever Laurie does, Laurie, Laurie will, will do. I, the bloke I, I sort of, I, I, I suppose I want more information from is Laurie Daly's
Now, if that didn't go around, he's a particularly good coach of yeah, I'm. I'm pretty sure I was with uh, MJ on Friday when we're when we're at the pub, and we we heard uh, Lenny Daly and obviously Graham Tallis, who both put a call into you. Uh, I heard you enjoyed both those two blokes on the phone. <laughs> I did. That, that, that was brilliant. That was, you know, I spoke to some American actors as well. It was just it was, it was just a brilliant, brilliant. It was just totally out of the blue. I didn't realise Lenny Daly had a brother. That was the first thing, and, and, and Gordon Tallis, I didn't realise, was out in the Penrith. That's all, it's, it's good fun to hear them. Yeah, well, a lot, a lot of people don't know that Lenny Dale was actually the more talented of the two, but he decided to take cans and cash at the young cherry pickers instead of playing for the Raiders, you know? <laughs> and, and Graham Tallis. I just want to love life, mate, I understand that. Yeah, he just wanted to love life. He still claims he's the number one daily, but uh, he'll, he'll be on this week's show later on, so I'll have to wait and see what that outrageous character's got to say for himself. <laughs> I look forward to hearing the podcast, boys. I'm following you on Twitter now, so I've, uh, I see you've nearly got 8,000 followers, so congratulations. You're starting to become a bit of a big deal. Many thanks, mate. Not really a big deal yet. We're still uh, <laughs> sitting in a bedroom in Penrith, unfortunately. But, <laughs> as they say, there's a humble beginnings. Hopefully it lead to bigger things. But uh, what else, mate? Like you've, you've obviously been a Roosters fan for a long time. Is there any early memories or a favourite all-time Rooster? Oh, look, I've got answers to both those questions. First up, my dad, uh, he moved out of our place when I was uh, reasonably young, and he moved to the eastern suburbs. So before I'd sort of formed any allegiance to any team, you know, we'd spend weekends with, with dad, and he would take us to the old sports ground. And you blokes are too young to remember, but the Sydney Football Stadium, or Allianz Stadium it is now, uh, is running... Uh, the way that it runs, if you turn that completely, sort of 180 degrees, that was the direction that the old Sydney sports ground used to run. And I used to sit on the hill there and watch uh, rugby league and also rugby union there. So that was my first memory, and that was sort of around that 74-75 side, which were pretty handy. Um, obviously went uh, back-to-back premierships. So that, that was... And once you're a young bloke and you see your team as a bunch of winners, then, of course, you're locked in forever, and that's it. And now my son, Jack, and my two daughters... Uh, Ella and Abby, well, they've got all the gear and, and the kids' memberships and whether they like it or not. Now they're into it, you know, now that now they understand it and they love it. And they, their favourite player, the girl's favourite player is Minicello uh, and Sonny Bill. Um, my son's favourite player is Sonny Bill and my favourite all-time rooster would be uh, Freddie Fiddler. I, um, my son's still got the mask he got when at his last... about the same, mate. You've, you've got a, a fan here who you and him could probably share a hug. Oh, oh Brock over here, massive fan of Freddie Fittler, and uh, yeah. was was on the Roosters bandwagon when he was there, only because of the player. He's obviously a Titans fan now, the poor bastard, but he, he, you, you and him could probably share a beer in about a million conversations over old Freddie. Mm. Yeah, well, I, 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 I,
uh, it's just it's just it's just special, isn't it? And just uh, just you know, every, every memory I've got of you is pretty is pretty pretty much a positive. And uh, when you get someone like that in your life, um, uh, it's it's hard to sort of uh, forget about them. And then of course, in my new life now, on Triple M and stuff, you get to meet them. And when I before I started at Triple M, I actually. Freddie had a membership um, drive a couple of years ago when I was doing the Aussie Go shows on Foxtel and he wanted to get 5,000 new members or something and uh, he had heard that I was a Rooster fan so he rang Foxtel and I actually went and had a training run with the boys at uh, Moor Park and it was when Amos Roberts was still playing and whenever <laughs> Amos Roberts put me in a, in a gap and I just had, just had the pace to hang on and it was a game of touch and I sort of slid into the corner and as I, as I sit in the corner, across came um, one, of the, one of the trainers, I can't remember, he records it. So it was Luke Phillips. Luke Phillips records that he had touched me, and Freddie was right there just chatting, and Freddie looked at an imaginary touch that one way, an imaginary touch that the other, and then blew, blew his uh, whistle and gave him the trial. And I tell you what, I had a half cup in that day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's classic. Yeah, a lot of my a lot of my uh, high school memories revolve around Freddie. Obviously, I, I graduated high school, HSC in year twelve, the year that he uh, uh, he retired in in two thousand four. Obviously, it didn't end the way that we all wanted it to end with that um, nah. disappointing grand final. Brett Finch, but, um, yeah. Phil Hurd robbed us that day. I mean, how 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 long does Elmsley? How long does Elmsley want? To, to ground the ball, I know. I still still have nightmares about it. I woke up last night in a cold sweat about it, actually. But well, what, about, what about the pass on half? What about the pass on half time for the try that would have made a nineteen would have made a nineteen four in the game over? And it was the only game that year that we didn't score a point in the second half. Don't yeah. get you started. I know. He shattered. It's all happening again. Don't worry, guys. I've had a couple of flashbacks of my team, <laughs> Melbourne, losing grand finals, and then we lost all of them technically <laughs> by default. So. The ones that I thought yeah, we won, we technically harsh. didn't win. Yeah, <laughs> so. yeah that's harsh. But gee, you've got a good team at the moment, so you, you should be all right for the next few years, but certainly with that, with that, with that come through. Yeah, well, I've, I've got my eyes on a, a legit premiership frame jersey right now, so I'm pretty happy that I've got one that's uh, <laughs> in this dynasty with these big three players. And I share yeah, the Freddie oh, Fittler, yeah. Fittler feelings towards Cameron Smith, I must say. <laughs> but uh, mate, on uh, Monday night, obviously, like you said, they've got Manly. Uh, your mate Hugh Jackman is a Manly fan. So, what, what's going down there? You got a bit of banner going on, or what? Yeah, well, the, the big fella is shocking on Twitter. The real Hugh Jackman is actually him, but it's a, it's, not, it's, it's his account, but it's not him. It's actually there's a publicist sort of you know once a day send something out on what he's up to and stuff. So the banner we're having is very private rather than sort of Twitter stuff. So yeah. I, I just I, I got a phone call from um, Manly uh, a couple of days ago and uh, Terry there, uh, who's the GM, he invited me and my son and a mate of mine, Hendo, to the Chairman's Club on Monday night, which will, which will be fantastic. So we'll be roosters in the Chairman's Club Monday night and there'll be hopefully, a, 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 well, be chock-a-block, I'd imagine, and um, should be a great atmosphere in there. Jack um, takes a very keen interest in footy, even though he's living mainly in New York now and it's quite busy. Um, he still gets uh, games sent across to him and DVD sent across to him from Fox. Um, he, he loves it. And, he, and, of course, the banner we're having at the moment is, you know, we're having a bet. And the bet started off at sort of a six-pack and now it's a 
case of beers, and I say, well, if I buy a case of beers, in terms of true wealth, you're worth so much more. <laughs> I should perhaps get a brewery, or I should get, <laughs> you know, more than that. So we're, yeah, still, coming, we're still coming up with, <laughs> with what it should be. It should be a pallet. Hit him up for a Tony Award or something like that. You can hand over one of your pieces of silverware. <laughs> <laughs> I keep reminding him he wasn't good enough to win the Oscars, so just something, you know, a Tony or yeah, a bloody t- Logie or something. Tell him to get you a jacket from Les Mis that you can sell on eBay for a couple of thousand or something. <laughs> <laughs> something. What do you think when a mate's got hundreds of millions of bucks, he'd throw you a bone? Mate, a pair of him holding his underpants on eBay, imagine it, the females, he'd make 50k. <laughs> Surely he could do something for you. <laughs> Well, we've got a bit of news on the Roosters from today. Obviously, if you haven't heard, Daniel Mortimer re-signed for another two years. He's been doing a, a fantastic job coming off the bench. Uh, you've sure got, has. and you know what, we need him badly for a state of origin time. It's, I mean, we're definitely going to lose Pierce, so that's one spot yeah. there. Mm. And if we lose Maloney as well, he's just such a good backup. And Jake, Jake Friend's playing better footy because Mortimer's been taking a little bit of pressure off and getting him a little less game time. So that's worked really well for us. And you've obviously got uh, Sam Moa, who's been fantastic, but unfortunately the word I got today was probably four to six weeks. He's got a bit of a knee issue and uh, an ankle sprain, syndesmosis, so that that may hurt a bit, but uh, I suppose it eases the pain when a player, Frank Paul Nuasala, who's a Kiwi international, can't even get a run, he's coming in, so... Yeah, we've got great back rowers and good and good pros, but like you say, as soon as you start getting news, we've been so good picking pretty much the same 17 since week one. Um, so it, it, it will start to, to obviously play, play up over the next as injuries can come in and start of origin. So we're going to have to really use those resources as well. But we've done a good job, yes. Yeah, Alan was done a great job, took him a couple of years, but he's building a really good um, set, set, set of that. Yeah, it's, it's a good squad, it's a good team of 25. So hopefully um, the depth will put us in, uh, in, good, in good spot. All right, then, Gussie, and finishing up with a couple of quick fires, mate. New South Wales or Queensland to win the series? Uh, mate, with my heart or with my wallet? Either way. I, I, with my heart, I'm always going to say blue, but that makes me feel stupid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Look, I think the blue's with my heart, and I think my wallet, if I, had, if I had to put money on it, I'd have to go with Queensland. How can you possibly pick against their team? The back line is incredible, and then you throw in their pack as well, and the quality they have, mate, mate. We have to play really well to beat them, but of course last year we only lost by a point overall, so it can be done. And two home games, I'll I'll be taking my son out to those two, and I'll be shouting my ass off as much as I can. <laughs> fingers crossed. Good. And the final one, mate, the grand final. You obviously think uh, the Roosters will be there, and if so, who are they going to be playing? Yeah, well, I'd love the Roosters to be there. I think the Storm and Melbourne are the other two teams that are right up there. And of course, Manly. Everyone pretty much has those four as the split, so. Injuries, momentum will we'll make uh, will make uh, a big um, play in that in September and early October. So let's go with a let's go with the Roosters Rabbitohs Grand Final. That'd be enormous. Winning Roosters winning in double extra time with a field goal by Boyd Courtner who gets caught on the last <laughs> tackle and just decides rather than a bomb across field have a drop goal. Oh. It's both it's a crossbar both posts. And over. <laughs> the old bar pirate kicking the field goal. <laughs> Classic. Well, we'll uh, wrap it up there, big fella. But uh, big thanks for coming on. Uh, hopefully, the Roosters can do the job for you. And just remember to take in my business idea. If I was you, I'd get straight onto Jacko, get a photo of those underpants, and chuck them on eBay. You'll be a millionaire in no time. Sounds good, Louis. Thanks so much, boys. I really appreciate it. I'm following you now on Twitter. I look forward to hearing it and all your other podcasts. And best of luck with everything, mate. No worries, mate. Thanks a lot. 
Thanks, Gussie. A massive thanks to Gus Woolen for joining us on the show this week, and you can catch him Monday to Friday, 6 to 9, on Triple M's Grill Team, 104.9. So now we move on to our other two very special guests, Lenny Daly, the brother of Laurie Daly, who has a bit of the inside word, and Graham Tallis, the brother of Gordon Tallis. We're going to get a bit of insight to the New South Wales and Queensland series upcoming, and just an insight to the two unknown brothers of these superstars. Hello, Lenny. It's uh, Brock from the Fifth and Last Podcast, mate. How are you going? Hello, Brock. How are you doing today? Uh, pretty good, mate. Pretty good. Just, uh, you know, we, we've had a chat to you over the last couple of weeks and uh, we heard that you were going to uh, be our inside man or the mole uh, in terms of Laurie Daly and uh, what he's thinking in terms of the New South Wales Blues side. So can you give our listeners a bit of a background on yourself and... Uh, you know, what What do you think uh, Laurie's thinking heading into the uh, Origin Series? Well, it would be my pleasure, Brock, obviously to give a bit of background on myself because not many people know uh, Lenny Daly, the more sufficient football player in the Daly family. But uh, what happened is we are both from Juni, obviously, the Diesels, and Laurie and I had very storied country rugby league careers me being the older brother I played a bit of seven and he was the six in A grade when he was like 14 and then I was 18 but I had a big money offer from the young cherry pickers at the same time that Laurie and I were offered to go to the Raiders team and the thrill of women and free cans were just too much, so I found myself becoming a country rugby league legend at the young cherry pickers, but very despised by my own people in June. Well, wow. Like, I mean, I think a lot of people could probably sympathise with, uh, you know, your situation in terms of, you know, wanting to, to womanise and, and drink cans of a weekend, but... Um, you know, tell us a little bit about your relationship with Laurie. Uh, do you guys still talk or still hang out, or what's the deal? Well, by talk, if you mean call him at four in the morning when I'm loaded up on carton draft cans and tell him that I'm still better than yeah, we have a fantastic relationship. Oh, good. That's that's sensational. Um, what do you, what do you think he's thinking uh, in terms of Origin this year? I mean, the Blues. Seven series in a row, they've now been defeated. The Queensland juggernaut just rolls on. Laurie's the new man in the chair. Can't be an easy position for him. Yeah, well, I uh, offered to make it a bit easier. I put my hands up in the air to be his assistant, which uh, was knocked back by everybody. Then I offered to be the masseuse, and that was knocked back. And finally, I said I was willing to pick the strapping tape up off the floor and drink some of the half empty beers that were left and uh, that job was also taken so no involvement, I can't help him, he's on his own but Rory, in terms with this crisis from the weekend with Paul Gallen going down, Brett Morris Brett Stewart and the like many people would be sitting at home thinking who's going to come in 
many people think Blake Ferguson should get a centre spot and that John Sutton or Mulaney will be the 5'8". But I can tell you, in terms of this injury crisis, there was talks of myself and Laurie pulling on a blue jumper, one playing six and the other in the centre. And also, the inside word is he had crisis talks with former teammate and former club, the Raiders and David Ferner, to borrow the whole Raiders team for the Origin Series. So whether that comes to fruition, we'll have to wait and see if that's okay with the club and the players, but that's yet to be seen. Okay, let's let's put yourself in, in Laurie's situation. If you were the coach of the Blues, what would be some of the motivational things that you'd you'd implement or... Uh, you know, some of the, the things that you'd like to bring back or, or see back in the Origin Arena? Well, obviously, a bit of the, the brouhaha and less media, plenty more cans and uh, females. I, I like to think that football was better 20, 30 years ago. I know myself in my time in Young that I would much prefer cashies off the books and free tinnies and women than playing in big games and grand finals like Laurie did, the sellout. Oh, well, and who could blame you, my friend? Who could blame you? So we'll, we just thought we'd uh, ring and touch base with you this week, mate, but uh, is it okay if we give you a call uh, for the next probably six to eight weeks um, on a weekly basis and have a chat to you about the New South Wales team um, in and around this origin period? Very happy to tell you about that. And also, just before we finish up, I have to let you know that Laurie's not the only legendary player and now coach in this family. I also coach currently at the Centrefield Titans in the Glen Innes and Inveral region. And as far as people going, well, you can't have a better job than him, I beg to differ. I work in a highly skilled industry e.g. the waste disposable management and I'm a waste disposable technician. Unbelievable. I I can't believe that he would have shunned a a man of your ability, Lenny. Unbelievable. Yeah, well, most of the players have contacted me and sympathised with my situation as I was a bit of a champion player myself, but... As far as the next six to eight weeks are concerned, feel free to give me a buzz. All I will be doing is sitting around, cleaning to win another A-grade comp and drinking tinnies here in sunny old Tenterfield. Oh, beautiful. Mate, we look forward to uh, talking to you in the next couple of weeks. Um, I'm sure our listeners will, uh, will much appreciate your time and uh, insight into the man, Laurie Daly. Thanks, Lenny. No worries. And you tell that smuck of a brother of yours if he's not there for the next interview, that we're going to have words. I'm sure he'll uh, he'll be very disappointed that he didn't get to have a chat to you, Lenny. No worries, mate. Have a good day. And remember, in the family, you always need to be the superior player. Well, we'll take that advice on board. Talk to you next week, Lenny. No worries, mate. Good boy. Wow, that gives us an insight into the man, Lenny Daly, the brother of Laurie. He's going to be joining us for the next couple of weeks on the podcast, uh, especially during that origin period. It's going to be a great insight. We're going to jump straight into another call from the Queensland perspective, Graham Tallis, the brother of Gordon. Uh, Hello? 
G'day, is this, uh, is that Graham? Uh, yeah, it's, uh, Graham here. How you going, mate? Good. It's, uh, Brock from the Fifth and Last Podcast, mate. We're just, uh, ringing to, to touch base. We've, um, had a chat to you over the last couple of weeks and, uh, you know, you sounded interested to jump on the podcast and give us your insight from the Queensland perspective this year as you're, you know, very good mates with, uh, big Gordy Tallis, a raging bull. Um, so yeah, we, we thought we'd give you a buzz this week and get your insight on Origin. Oh, yeah, and uh, like I said to your brother when uh, he like, contacted me, and you know what I mean, like, I'm more than happy to give you a, a bit of the, the insight on, on myself and uh, obviously Gordon and uh, the, the Queensland setup, you know what I mean? Well, I, I know exactly what you mean. Um, so heading into this series, obviously Queensland have won seven in a row. Uh, New South Wales, Duck Egg over the last seven series have come close on a couple of occasions. Uh, do you think there'll be many changes to the Queensland team, or, or do you envisage that it's just going to be same old, same old for the for the Mighty Maroons? Oh well, mate, like two thousand and five for like twenty twenty oh five, as I like to call my years, because spreading them in half makes it a bit easier. But uh, like that was the last time that the Blues won a series, and uh, you know, like e- even the iPhone was only like just coming out. You know what I mean? So, like as far as Queensland concerned, they showed that. Uh, like pick and stick is what works. So if the, the Blues were serious, they, they'd take a page out of, of the Maroons' book, you know. And I, I, I really don't uh, envisage many many changes by uh, big old uh, Begola Brown Malmeninga. So, uh, yeah. Oh, fair enough, mate. Uh, well, what about yourself? What, what do you do for, for a crust? Obviously, you're, you're, the, uh, you're the brother of a, a rugby league legend, a, a guy that's all throughout the media. We see him every week on the TV, and he's on Nine, he's on Fox, he's on Triple M, he's on all these radio stations and, and media outlets. Tell us about the brother, the, the long-lost brother, Graham. Yeah, well, he's like a, a bit more of an outspoken sort of person, but, like, you know, I, I like to kind of just uh, hide in the shadows, so ne- never really been big on all, all the media, but... Uh, if I was, like, I'm sure I'd be on, on Fox and the radio and all those sort of things, you know what I mean? But uh, my, my, myself, I'm obviously uh, still in Townsville where we grew up, but uh, in Mount Isa, I own a pub, and it's called The Raging Bull. But uh, uh, myself, uh, many people don't know, I've got I've got a nickname as well. I'm The Raging Cow. But, uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I just own my, my pub up here, and I, I like to drink uh, the Forexes and... Uh, Captain coached the, the Maroons there Iguanas, you know what I mean? I, I know what you mean. Uh, so, Origin this year, you think it's going to be eight in a row for the Maroons? Yeah, oh, mate, like, you know, it's so many that I can't even count on two hands, but, uh, oh, yeah, well, wait, you know, eight fits on the, 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 the ten fingers, you know, but you've got eight fingers and two thumbs, so technically you've only got eight fingers, so, yeah, they'll, they'll win eight and I'll be able to use my eight fingers and uh, uh, as long as they've got the the big three at Thurston, you, you know what I mean? Like they're, they're, they're likely to probably win 10 or more. Well, what about uh, Big Davy Taylor? Obviously, he's probably polarising opinions in Queensland at the moment. Do you think they'll select him or uh, he'll find himself out of the Queensland team? Yeah, well, the thing about it is, like, my brother gives uh, Dave a lot of stick, you know, but, uh, man, Dave, we, 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 we get along like a house that's on fire that hasn't been put out with water, you know what I mean? Like, and Dave, like, he comes to Mount Isa in the off-season and uh, we drink beers and we, like, uh, electric shock each other when we're not looking and, and uh, like, uh, yeah, stuff like that. And uh, I, thought, I, feel, I think it's just, like, uh, pretty simple, you know. Like, Dave's a simple kind of bloke and he just, you know, people say, like, oh, he shouldn't have to be told that he's going to be dropped to play. But, uh, 
Oh, I don't know about anybody else out there, but I like to be kept on my toes as well. Yeah, I mean, well, if that means I've got to have just one more week pick in the morning to, to put in that extra bit of effort to, to survive and get by, well, then uh, I'm all for it. Well, that and might I, explain. I definitely, that definitely might... think that Dave Taylor will be, like, on the bench at least, you know what I mean? Well, yeah, well... And that might explain, you know, him drinking cans and, uh, you know, electric shocking himself with you. That might explain some of his form for the Gold Coast Titans at the moment because it's been pretty uh, hot and cold. Oh, mate, I don't see nothing wrong with Dave like, going around and flopping on people and getting into fights like, you know, that's what, that's what the sport's all about, just being aggressive, you know what I mean, 100 miles an hour. And if, it, if it's going to take someone to tell him that he's going to go play in the, the New South Wales Cup or the Bundy Cup or... You know, even if it means you have to go back and play C-grade or under 7-8, just to give him a bit of a wake-up call, well, then, like, you know, I'm all for it. C-grade, under 17s, that's, that's a... He's he's over the age of 19, Graham. Oh, well, you know, like, that doesn't matter. Whatever plays him back in the fall. Well, fair, fair enough. That's, that's, that's fair enough. That's insight from the, the great man, Graham Tallis, we've got on, on here on the podcast this week. Mate... You don't mind if we give you a call over the next, you know, six to eight weeks as this Origin series progresses, and uh, we can get your insight on the team and um, all the happenings within uh, State of Origin. Yeah, mate, that, that's uh, you know that sounds like like a plan, but just kind of like I said before, just always make sure you plan like ahead of time because I might like you know just completely forget. And if you call me, uh, I do work at a, a pub, like I said, so uh, uh, most of the time I am pretty. Uh, shit face so you might want to just uh, be uh, a bit forthcoming and a bit pre-planned you know what I mean okay mate how many cans have you had today oh like at the moment I can see my reflection in a bit of a puddle of spill on the bar and uh, from my judging by the direction of both my eyes I'd probably say I've had about 14 forexes okay fair enough well mate we'll catch you on next week's podcast we'll give you a buzz same time same place thanks for your insight this week Graham Oh, yeah, like, no worries, mate. And uh, just remember, all those halfbacks out there, if you think you're going to kick it down the fullback straight, just make sure you have another wheat pick for breakfast to make sure you get it over his head so the ball finds the ground. Fair enough. All right, mate, talk to you next week. Uh, no worries, boys. See you later. See you, mate. Having trouble keeping track of all the play movements and signings in the NRL? Want to know who your team has re-signed, who they gained and who they've lost for the next season? Well, check out www.zerotackle.com for all the latest news and rumours on the NRL. Zerotackle.com Alright, time for our Fast Five this week. Starting with the highlight of the week for me. It uh, had to be seeing Cassiano and Graham back on the field. Absolutely love watching a couple of big boppers bend the line back. Yeah, mine was the Raiders win over the Melbourne Storm. I, it's probably because I love the, the Storm so much and I respect them so much that I'm going to give the Raiders the highlight because... It's not an easy feat to go down to Melbourne and win, and and the Raiders, they, you know, battled, but they got there in the end, and it was a, it was a great result for them. Yeah, well, low light of the week for me, the, the injuries to a couple of possible selections for the New South Wales side: Paul Gallen, Brett Stewart, uh, Brett Morris. E- even though if they weren't in your calculations or mine at the same time, we don't want to see players going down. No, we don't. Mine was the Eels versus Cowboys game. I, I went into Parramatta, had a nice dinner with my partner and had to sit through that. It was like watching a horror movie. It was terrible. I don't know who was worse. The fact that the Eels just are uh, lacking depth, uh, you know, their star players aren't performing, or the fact that the Cowboys are just rudderless. They completed 20 of 21 sets. 
and, you know, just couldn't manage to post points. Mm. Well, player of the round for me, come out of that Storm game you're speaking of, it was Blake Ferguson. Uh, two tries, line breaks, four goals, and uh, very brutal in defence. He showed up, Justin O'Neill, something fierce. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you with Ferguson, but I'm going to throw another one in, Jeff Robson. He uh, really deserved uh, that moment that he got on Sunday, kicking the winning field goal against the Knights. He's a, he's a really blue-collar player. Uh, you know, great kicking game and, and push that side around on um, Sunday, especially um, you know with the way that the Sharks have been going. Mm. Well, the dance of the round for me was the man that Ferguson embarrassed, Justin O'Neill. I know he's only a couple of weeks back from a fractured jaw, but to be in the NRL, you've got to be able to defend and you can't make the same mistake over and over again, which he did. Yeah, mine's Brent Tate. After watching that game live, he was terrible. Missed tackles, dropping balls. Um, he really looks like he's coming towards the end of his career. Mm. Well, obviously, the question of the week, we'll get onto that in a second, but last week's question was the Storm if they would go through undefeated, that one crashed and burned pretty quickly. The Raiders obviously taken that one down, but uh, with the votes that came before that happened, four people said they'd go undefeated through to the bye. Two said the Raiders, so good on you. One, the Panthers, six for Manly, and two for the Roosters. But, uh, yep, the streak's over now. 15 games in a row, so good effort. But uh, the question this week, Todd Carney. His future has been on hold since the start of the season with uh, plenty of clubs chucking their hat in the ring. So if you were Todd Carney, which offer would you take? The options we have are the Sharks, the Dragons, the Panthers, and the Warriors. We'll put an, an other tab up there, I suppose, if anyone has any mail that we haven't heard, but they're the four clubs that have been caught in his services. So getting on to that one, let us know where you think you should go. So that's the Fast Five done. Now we'll jump into our reviews of the games from the weekend. For all the latest rugby league gear, head into Leagues and Legends, now based at Shell Harbour, Mount Druitt Westfield and Campbelltown Mall Store, or check them out online at www.nrlstore.com.au. For fifth and last listeners, you can receive free delivery on any 2013 adult NRL jersey. Be quick, jersey selling fast. Remember, www.nrlstore.com.au. Leagues and Legends. Alright, jumping into our review of the weekend's fixtures that have just passed us by. Uh, starting off with the Friday night clash, the blockbuster that was up at Suncorp between the Rabbitohs and the Broncos, and uh, obviously South prevailed in that one, 26-12. Yeah, South, they uh, went up there, it was a, a bit of a hoodoo ground, a hoodoo occasion for them. They haven't got a great record up at Suncorp Stadium, but they managed to get the job done, and it is a sign that that Michael Maguire culture... Uh, the ethos that he's put into that South side is really paying dividends because they and that's two weeks in a row. They've won at Brookvale. They've now won at Suncorp. Uh, they're a side really on the up, and they're a definite premiership force. Yeah, well, some signs to show that they're learning how to win those games. They made 14 errors to seven, so they're on the back end of that. Uh, the Broncos offloaded 18 to South's four, but in the tackle department, 41 misses the Broncos, only 20 to the Rabbitohs. So... Uh, that, that shows, much like a Melbourne, like we've said, a uh, way to win the games, even when you're under the pump. Yeah, I thought, you know, in weeks gone by, Adam Reynolds has really led them around. I thought him and John Sutton were fairly quiet in this game. Uh, but, you know, Greg Inglis, again, he came up with some key uh, key plays, got a key try. Uh, you know, Johnny Sutton did score a try in that game. Um, I thought the Broncos did really well to compete for the first 40 minutes. Uh, but obviously the, the class of the south side prevailed in the end. Yeah, they were down 8-0. They end up leading 12-8 at half-time after Prince grabbed one and gave one to Reed. But second half, there was just a 10-minute period there where they got blown away by the brilliance of South. So Isaac Luke 
setting one up. Inglis, like you said, putting his stamp on the game. And I kind of feel the opposite about John Sutton. I thought he had a really good game. And no surprise, both the Burgess brothers, 150 metres apiece. So uh, that those two just seem to be getting the job done right now and getting them going forward. Yeah, I just thought those the halves didn't have as big an impact on their result as what they, they usually would for South. Um, I thought... They're a little bit off, but um, good sides win when they're a little bit off, and, and that's what South did. Yeah, well, the Broncos lacked a little bit in the halves. Definitely missed Hodges, but I'll give one rap to a certain player, and no surprise, Corey Parker. Seven offloads over 100 metres and 46 tackles. Uh, that, that bloke is in his 30s now, or on the, the fringe of that age. For him to be putting that kind of workload out is just amazing. Yeah, well, we shouldn't be shocked. He's been doing it for years, and he'll continue to do it while he stays fit. Mm. And a good effort by Jordan Carr, who covering for Justin Hodges. But, uh, yeah, I think on the night, that, that was just a simple part of it. They they had the role of rubber the green. They didn't take advantage of it at the time. And uh, Souths are definitely showing some steel heading towards, a, hopefully, a finals campaign this year. So we move on from that one. The other Friday night game, the Bulldogs obviously crushing the Tigers 40-4. to They welcome back two very happy faces, Kerry International, Sam Cassiano, and England International, James Graham. And I know I harped on it for weeks and weeks and weeks and said, wait until these two front rowers come back. I know the Tigers were depleted, but at the same time, you could see the difference in the, the way they played. Yeah, I, I'm not really going to take too much out of this Dogs performance. They just they did the job. Um, you can only play what's in front of you. The West Tigers, they're absolutely depleted, struggling, battling. Uh, you can use all those adages, but uh, the Dogs, they do look aside on the up. Uh, you know, I'll be really excited to see them play in the next few weeks, and hopefully they can re- rekindle that, uh, that form that they showed at the back end of last year. Yeah, well, seven line breaks to one in this game, 13 offloads to eight, and 1,500 metres to 1,000, so... In those couple of key statistics, you look at it, they were going forward, they were bending the line back, and I said it in the fast five, it was great for me. I'm not a big fan of the Bulldogs in general, obviously being a store man, but I love those two front rowers, Graham and Cassiano. Yeah, I struggled to watch the game, I'll be honest. I found it to lack flow. You know, you could just tell from the outset that the Dogs were going to be too good. But a shining light for the West Tigers, James Tedesco, he was excellent, I thought, in a beaten side. He, he just busts his backside every week, that boy, and uh, I think he's a real player of the future for the for the Tigers. Yeah, well, Aaron Woods, again, has to be he an origin. One, yeah. 20 carries, 165 metres, 35 tackles, and uh, keep saying the other name, uh, Robbie Farrah, obviously, yeah. tried to guide him around. He's, he's clearly the second best hooker in the game. Yeah, and Benji really? Marshall, I know they didn't have the forwards there, but I thought he really didn't try to put any influence on that game. He looked like he was just running around the park. He, he looked disinterested. So. Yeah, he's in probably career worst form, I think, Benji Marshall. Yeah, well, they're going to need troops back. I'm not really going to be harping on them while they have players down. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. But... Like I said, for the Bulldogs, there's just some small signs we hope to see this week. Those two blokes unlocked the ball a little bit more for T-Rex and Pritchard on the edges. thought Lafayette had his best game, and Morris was back in a little bit of form too. So going forward, uh, them and the halves are hopefully going to get a much better setup off those two front rows. 
uh, Saturday night. The Storm finally defeated. Their streak is over by the Canberra Raiders, who I know I harp on a fair bit, and a lot of people tend to shoot me down. But uh, they've got easily the best young roster. Like you look through that side, that back line, there's pretty much no one over 23. Lots of young forwards. They've got more young halves backed up than anyone. It's more a matter of uh, trying to put it all on a field over the next couple of years and get something out of it. Yeah, well, they're the biggest hot and cold team in the comp, the Raiders. Uh, there's no no doubting the fact that they've got the players there and the potential there. Uh, you know, But they seem to get injuries at bad times. Um, but this game, they thoroughly deserve to win. If you actually watch the game and break it down, Melbourne had plenty of chances. Probably still should have won with a minute to go. Uh, I would have backed them in if they used that whole set. Gareth Widdock, brain explosion, kicks it on play one um, off the scrum when Melbourne were coming into attack. But the Raiders really deserved their, their win. I thought uh, Melbourne penalised themselves out of this game. The referees just cane Melbourne in this game, I, I felt. Um, but no, full credit to, uh, to the Raiders. Yeah, well, for me, it was uh, the Fords getting forward and then, then not choosing to stay in the middle with Melbourne and play a structured style of game. Melbourne showed that they were fragile on the edges and they took advantage of their two massive centres and White and Ferguson and that, that added football done Melbourne in. Once once you break them down on a play or two and they're scrambling, which they usually do well, you've got them on the back foot. and yeah. Ferguson just outstanding and shamed O'Neill and Will Chambers, same deal. Just signed a four-year deal been talked about for origin on that wing spot got shamed by Jack White and a 20 year old yeah well I think the Warriors showed the way the week before we watched that game live mm. and the Warriors clearly were trying to attack Melbourne on the edges early in that game uh, they, they probably didn't execute it as well as what uh, Canberra did but um, Whiten and Ferguson were the two real standouts in this game McCrone threw some beautiful passes mm. Campisi added a bit of class uh, I still imagine if Matty McCurick would have played I've got no idea why um, he's, he's dropped him and, and put Buttress back in. I, you'll never, I'll never understand why. I, I think they could have won more comfortably and, and probably given him that little bit of spark in the middle if McCurick was in. But for some reason, Ferno has got a love affair with Glenn Buttress. Mm, well, Fensum, no surprise. 50 tackles and Tilson Vaughan come off the bench, both over 100 metres. So a, l- a lot of the time against Melbourne, you find bench players come on and lose their way. They continue to get a roll on all night, which just kept feeding that ad-lib footy. So. I thought for Melbourne, Billy Slater, sensational. If you watch him during a set, especially when Melbourne are coming out of yardage, he just follows the ball around, pushes up on every play, pushes up on every play, just looking for that old float or that half chance. Uh, he's a brilliant player. Yeah, well, Tohu Harris for me and uh, Jesse Bromwich again, both had outstanding games. Very productive, but... Uh, they're looking a bit tired and a bit worse for wear, and unfortunately, Smith come out this week and said himself that uh, some tough times ahead. Their buyers are either side of origin, so they're going to have a very, very flat period there, I think. But yeah. Well, um, Mahe Fanua had another Barry Crocker, and we made this comment watching uh, watching the game that Gareth Widop, he, he seems to be getting a little bit too big for his boots. He's uh, playing a little bit outside of the structure. Um, you won't hear any, uh, any of that internally from Melbourne, but from what we can see, he seems to be putting on plays that he probably wasn't this time last year. Mm. Well, he'll get brought back in a line pretty quickly down there, you'd hope. Well, let's but, hope so. Uh, being a fan of theirs, I'm of the opinion, like Smith said, I think we're about to hit a bit of a rough patch. Yeah, but we, all that. we all knew that. Yeah, they, but they regardless, they, they're going to be in the eight. So if yeah. they're in the eight, it doesn't matter if they're eight or they're number one. They're, they're just going to be top four. They're going to be there somewhere. But moving on from that game, congratulations to the Raiders. Back it up this week, please. The Eels and the Cowboys on the Saturday night game and... Uh, 
This one was just boring, to be honest. The Cowboys were 20 from 21 at half time, and usually look at a number like that and think there's going to be tries in it. But they threw the kitchen sink, but big ups to Parramatta. They defended very well. Uh, people been bagging Jared Hayne during the week. He saved three tries. Yeah. So I don't know. I know everyone wants to see a try or a blockbuster run, but for anyone that actually watches football, saving a try is probably worth scoring too. Well, he saved three. Like mm-hmm. you said, three one-on-one tackles where he had to get under the ball. Uh, he was excellent. I thought Jacob Loco was probably the standout for the Eels. And again, their younger players, Kalepi, uh, Tanganoa, he was excellent again. Timmy Manor playing on one leg, brilliant. And for me, I just, in the end, I had a bit of cabbage on the Cowboys and I felt as though they were lucky to win. Yeah, well, they burned me they on, a, on a minus eight in the game where they should have done the job. And, yeah. Uh, Congratulations to Penny Terrapo and Kaiser Pritchard as well. Both uh, good debuts. Kaiser obviously not getting as much time. Penny and almost played a whole game and he's starting third end again this week. So that shows Ricky's plan. They're signing some players and they're putting some kids up. So for, th- for them, it's just teething. But yeah. the Cowboys, on the other hand, um, people are bagging Thurston. I, I, I'm not bagging him because he's still super involved, but it just doesn't look like it's clicking. There's something... Not going right. I don't know if it's the nine I, with Payne gone or Payne. Bowen not being involved with him without Payne. I think those three... Payne was so underrated. Mm. So underrated. Well, he, he linked those three together. And I got bagged a lot for saying that. I really rated Aaron Payne and he's gone now. And, and look at where they seem rudderless in the middle of the field. Um, Matty Scott, again, I love that bloke. Um, yeah, I wish he was a new Over 200 metres and 180. You don't notice it, but You watch the game, you don't notice it. But he just well, plugs away if, and if plugs you're a, away. If you're a forward, I'll tell you what, I notice it because you just see him having a carry every set or two a set. But 200 and Tamiya, 180, those two, they're laying the platform. But the Cowboys are just not doing enough on the back of it. Uh, it's time for Brent Tate to retire, that's for sure. He's definitely got to find himself elsewhere. He was awful. You've got... Graham going as well, so I don't know if it's the back line, but for me right now, I think it's the nine. Moore's kind of let him down, and uh, sorry to Matty Bowen, I know he's been a long time serving, but 31, they've spent most of their cabbage shoring up those three players. Matty Bowen, I don't think he's going to be part of the plans. Just giving a wrap, I thought all their outside backs were fairly ordinary, but I thought Kane Lynette's defence on that Mm. right edge a couple of times, near tries, near chances, he just came up and shut it down defensively. Uh, you know, he could really add a lot to us for Origin, I, I think, and you were the first to say that weeks ago. So yeah, well, uh, he, I just, I, I really watched him closely live. He didn't even get that wider perspective yeah. of the game. And he, he does read a game really well and makes he, good decisions. He didn't even get a run in the, the country game, which is the area he's from. So yeah. he's not even the frame, which is pretty sad. But like I said, all credit to Parramatta. Great defensive effort. Manor, Hayne. Good for the young kids and just going forward, you know, that, that's all it is. They're just going to have to do what Penrith are doing, rebuild. Uh, Tau Tai almost got him in the golden point right there at the end, which had everyone on the edge of their seat. So. Had me on the edge of my seat. Mm. Well, Cowboys did, 1 to 12. Disappointing for the young bloke, but uh, I hope they just keep turning up uh, for Ricky Stewart and I hope they keep turning up for each other because it's, it's just one of those periods in time. But uh, leaving that one behind and moving on, the Warriors kicked us off on Sunday with a 25 to 24 win over the Gold Coast Titans in, you know, 16-6 at half time. You're thinking, all right, the Warriors are probably going to shoot off. The the Titans are missing some players. All of a sudden, a Bruja breaks out. The Titans get absolutely ghetto, start getting in on everything, rough as guts, chucking in dirties. The game just erupted. But before you know it, they're, you know, they're, they're, they're within a try of winning. They concede one, uh, a field goal late at 7-6, and they score on full time. So it's more of a, a case of... 
they took too long to wake up and get themselves in the contest and the Warriors scraping home. Yeah, well, the, the people bagged me a couple of weeks ago when they that performance against the Eels was a stinker. Their performance last week had a lot of uh, effort and merit to it. This week's was another stinker. Uh, why does it take a brouhaha in the 50th minute for him to wake up? I just I was pretty confident heading over to New Zealand uh, just because I, the Warriors aren't in the best of form. The Titans love a backs-against-the-wall game, and well, it, was, it was there to be won in the end. It, but mind you, if you take Jamal Idris out, we'd probably get beat by 40. Mm. He was a real shining light. Nate Miles, again, worked hard. Bird worked hard. Taylor had a couple of brain snaps, did some stupid things. But um, full credit to the Warriors. It was a game they had to win to stay in the competition. And to their credit, they, uh, they found a way to win it in the end. But again, they can't close a game out. Well, I thought it was probably Sean Johnson's most hands-on game. I thought he was really, really good. Uh, Lulawai obviously got both the assists, but I think a lot of their good work came off the initial touches from Johnson. Yeah. Uh, Felitti Mateo is probably his best game so far, and Mentoring as well. But uh, for them, you, you've seen why they're down the bottom end. They had that red-hot patch, and then they just switched off. Yeah. The, the confrontations came. They made 14 errors compared to the Titans' six. So they almost tried to hustle themselves back out of that game. And uh, all the names you mentioned for the Titans, the only one probably... Left out, Caesar. He yeah. kicked the two forty twenties. He still come back from an injury, and he was left alone again because Kelly got himself uh, smashed up and knocked his head. So he's probably one now. I don't even mention because he just he keeps doing that every week. Mm. So he's becoming a real, you know, linchpin in our side. Losing Kelly at the end there probably didn't help. Uh, but for the Warriors, off Mateo's performance was sensational. Mm. That was the best game he's mm. played. Uh, you know, so far this season. And I thought Jacob Lilliman had some really strong carries in that game. And Ben Martellino just whacked some blokes as well. So hopefully their forwards can produce that. It's just about producing it for 80, 80 minutes, the Warriors. They uh, must be a frustrating side to coach. Mm. Well, just before we leave that one, Idris, two tries, 160 metres, six offloads, seven busts, two line breaks and a try assist. That is you making your money, Jamal Idris. Thank you, God, but please... Well, it's taken 18 Please months. keep playing like that. I don't know if it was a phone call from Laurie Daly or something just clicked, but whatever it is, that's what I want to see from Jamal Idris because he is fantastic to watch when he's in good nick. But I thought they made an effort to get the ball there a little bit more to him as well. So They did, but he... We've been he also needs to go and find the ball. He, he didn't slow down. He didn't run overs. He wasn't looking to tip it on the weekend. He was hitting the ball... Nice and flat, getting in the line, and he was picking the first bloke and just trying to run over him, and yeah. you know it was fantastic. That was the bloke. Well, I just want to, I want to see it again next, next, oh, you know, this Sunday. Well, I'm, I'm with you 100. percent So let's hopefully hope that he's going to do that, and he might even find himself in a New South Wales jersey if he doesn't for a few more weeks. But uh, the Knights and the Sharks, this one was just a dead even game the whole way through. That was eight nil up, then it was eight all, then it was fourteen eight, fourteen all, finishes up in a golden point game. Absolute field goal-a-thon. Kurt Gidley had about 7 million shots, could not figure out where to put it. And in the end, uh, a real classy bloke, uh, someone who deserves a moment like that, Jeff Robson, pots over a field goal, first one of his career. So, uh, yeah. Blue-collar Robson, mm. good on him. Uh, the Knights can probably make some excuses. There was a try there that was awarded to uh, Jonathan Wright that Wade Graham clearly knocked on and they awarded. Mm. But I... To the Knights, I don't have a lot of... I don't feel sorry for them. Um, they put themselves in that position. During that game, they, they clicked, they clicked, and they just take the foot off the pedal, um, do something stupid, piggyback uh, the Sharks down the field, and good on the Sharks. They've busted their backside during this tough period. 
they deserve the win in the end. Mm. And Gall- you got to give another thing. I know that try wasn't a try, and they probably shouldn't yeah. have got the golden point. But when Gallon goes they lost down, Gallen, you're right. Andrew Fafita makes 250 metres. That is ginormous. Luke mm-hmm. Lewis, plus 35, you know, absolutely busts himself into the ground and gets man of the match. He, he made 180. And I, I know we both you know, kind of look at Chris Heinington and don't think he's outstanding, but even him, 190 metres, those guys... Yeah. Really took it upon themselves to think, okay, he's off the field. Uh, you know, Carney, he's still coming back. He didn't have a preseason. Once again, I didn't think he was all that bad, but uh, he, he, he had a bit of help from Gordon and Robson. But all around, I still think they just lack centres and like classy wingers. There's not anyone really out in the centre spot that you're just chucking the ball to. I know Ferguson, who's now at Raiders, was there previously. That right there was probably their opportunity to have a classy centre going forward, but. Uh, I had I had word that they actually tried to sign him back, but he has no interest of going there, especially with what's going on. So okay, yeah, that that was always going to be their spot of concern. We, we highlighted that before the season even kicked off. I thought Mickey Gordon had some nice touches in this game. Darius Boyd, when's he going to step up and make yeah. a play for Newcastle? The cabbage he's on, he just doesn't impress me, and he, and he hasn't all season. So I'm waiting for him to improve, but. The standout for me for Newcastle, Kate Snowden, I think he's, yeah. he's really warming. And I think Willie Mason's really having a good impact on that side. Dane Gay guy as well. Um, unfortunately, yeah, touches. another Queenslander, but uh, the young man comes back two weeks in a row. He shows why he's a, he's a future rep player. And Wayne Bennett would be super happy that he fell out of the Broncos' grasps, even though it was to a lack of discipline. But in the end, like we said, dead, dead even fixture. Gallen went down. They got a try they shouldn't have, but to their credit, they all stepped up. They battled back and... Uh, we all hate watching those field goals constantly taken. The Sharks took a page out of our book. We say run it or get a repeat set. Mm. They got a repeat set. They potted the field goal and uh, grabbed a win. So yeah. good on them. We'll leave that one behind. And uh, the last game that was on the Sunday, the third of the three, was the Roosters who put 30 on the, the Lapis Panthers. Six. Um, I, I feel I feel for the Panthers because they were right in it. They had the, the Roosters playing their style of game, you know. Brought them down to the trenches a little bit, but it's pretty much what we said beforehand. Regardless of what Penrith do, there's just too much firepower on that Roosters side for them not to explode at some point. Uh, to the Roosters' credit, they just hung in there for the 60 minutes when it was a war, and then uh, at the end they just exploded. Yeah, so that, this is a question mark I have on the Roosters. They, The 60 minutes, they were in a, you know, a low-breed battle with the Panthers who realistically shouldn't come anywhere near them. So... I just think when Manly or when Melbourne drag the Roosters into that sort of a fight, I've got question marks over the Roosters. But they got the job done. They blew the game out in the end. The Panthers, what more can you say there? Uh, you just feel sorry for them. They, effort-wise, they put in every week. They got, a, obviously, a decent result against Parramatta last week. But, as you said, outclassed in this one. Um, individual players, I, I mean, the Roosters, Harvers, again, were solid. Boyd Cordner was sensational, so was Sonny Bill Williams. Um, and Jared, big Jared, your favourite player, he was he was good again. So um, good signs for, for East, good signs for Penrith as well. But you just if you're a Penrith fan, you can't expect them to be knocking the, the sides at the top of the table off. Mm. And just, just the key numbers, though, I know they didn't get the points up early, but everything shows that the Roosters are you know, a dominant side. 17-1 to one in offloads, 7-1 line breaks. Their defence has been outstanding, and people keep forgetting that. They only missed nine tackles to the Penrith's 33. That stat itself, for me, and having the best defensive record in the comp, 
is yeah. what makes me think they're going to compete with these other sides. But, but that uh, reflects possession as well. Like once they get someone who's going to make, force some errors out of them, like South did in round one. South almost put 40 points on them. Yeah, but once again, they weren't gelled then. I'm not saying they'd still beat them, but they, they'd give a better account of themselves tomorrow against South than what they did round one. Oh, look, I at the start of the season, and I'm willing to eat my words, I had the Roosters outside my eight. They're what? definitely a top eight side. Yeah. Um, they're top four, am I? Yeah, I, I think four. they're on the fringe of top four for me. I, I just think, you know, you've, you've obviously got your Melbourne, your Manly, your Storm, who are probably the standout three for me. Uh, and then the Roosters at the moment, they'd definitely be fourth. They, definitely. Have, they have to keep Sonny Bill for that extra year. Yeah. And uh, another one, uh, I know Penrith let Jennings go for whatever reason, but it shows what happens when there's good halves. He, he got two tries, yeah. and I think he's been really good this year. Jennings didn't leave Penrith for any other reason but the price tag. Mm. That's the only, you know, it wasn't and, that Penrith didn't and we, 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 We've explained that to everyone before, but at the same time, when they say he's yeah. not living up to it, that's what happened. Well, he probably wasn't, but Luke Walsh wasn't giving him any ball well, either. That's so. what I was saying. Get yeah. the two halves there, get that roll on, and look what a classy centre he's turned into. He, he's New South Wales shoeing this year. There's no argument. No. So. And especially, well, he's going to have those two blokes feeding him the ball for New South Wales as well. Mm. But yeah, just Sonny Bill. Can't get over it. I, I, I was, hypocr- I was hypocritical. Now I just want to hug the bloke. Well, Watching yeah. him every week. That one statement we both keep saying, quality over quantity. Yeah. He may not touch the ball a million times, but my God, every time he touches it, you know he has. But he's got the perfect tools around him. Mm. You've got, got blokes to give him early ball. You've got a lot of dirty, blue-collar players that the Roosters have got that yeah. just plug away in the middle and do the job for him. So he's in the perfect setup to be successful. Yeah, and what a, what, a, what a sad thing for the Roosters, losing a great player, Moa, who's come over. He's just been running over people exactly. and smashing blokes. And, and it, you know, it, it shows what kind of good stead they're in because they've got Frank Paul, who's a Kiwi international, mm. who's coming in to replace him. So yeah. they move on pretty easily. As far as Penrith, don't want to touch on them too much. It was a pretty poor game all around, but I want to give raps to uh, Matty Moylan again. I thought he was solid under a lot of pressure all day. Yeah, And I, th- I thought they got good contributions as usual from the, the two sledgehammers in, in Plum and Docker, but... Other than that, all around, uh, Luke Walsh, who we think is now going to be going to St. Helens, he uh, went straight back into the box. And uh, they, they, they just, you know, they struggled all day. They didn't get too much go forward, and the Roosters put the beat down on them. But uh, leaving that one behind, the last game of the round, obviously the Monday night, last night, Manly went down to Cogra to play the Dragons, where they have not won, and they got the Biggies 24-18. to 18. Uh, This one... Disappointed with Manly purely because of the way they started. They, they jumped out to a healthy lead, and you kind of thought, here we go, they're going to, just going to chuck an absolute bloodbath on here. They're going to set Cogra on fire, and there's not going to be a dragon left. But they put 18 points up, and then they just switched off a couple of soft tries. Like the dragons didn't do anything special to get, get their points, but um, I, I think that's one thing I look long term for Manly. Yeah, I. You look at that, that game and you probably think as a game that the Dragons should have won. They had plenty of chances, just couldn't convert them into points. Uh, they, they got a couple of tries there against the runner play, probably. Um, when they had all the possession on the on the uh, Manly line, they they really struggled to formulate anything. They sort of go back to those ugly block-block plays. Um, but Manly, you've got to give them credit. They had a lot of players out, backs against the wall. Going to Cogra where they haven't won since the mid nineties, I think. Mm. Um, so there's, you know, there's a little bit of hoodoo of a hoodoo there for them to overcome, and uh, they overcome it. Yeah, uh, well, they had a whole new bench yeah. for that game. A debutant, a couple of blokes that have barely played first grade, yeah. but you know, your, your typicals. Cherry Evans ended up with man in the match, and we both thought Foreign was outstanding. But you know, th- those two guys guided the ship. 
Wattmau got forward. Brenton Lawrence, what a what a buy that bloke's been. He still can't pass when he gets to the line, the poor bugger, but uh, great game from him. Wattmau, just just all the, the classy players that were there. Lyon, that were, you know, doing the job without the bench and a few names mm. that they, you know, they, they saw at home. They may have switched off, but they've got enough in their best 13 to see themselves somewhere near the top four, that's for sure. Yeah, and that's, that's a game that, is the difference between you making the top four and making the top eight. A top eight side drops that game, and that's the one you look at and go, oh, you know, we finished two points outside the top four. That's one you circle in and go, that's a good, tough win for Manly. And they'll now go to Monday night against the Roosters. They'll get a couple of those players back, and they'll they'll head into that one at Brookie with plenty of confidence. Mm. Yeah, well, for the Dragons, I just think Jamie Sout, like, I'm not his biggest fan, but I think he's a bit left alone. Fien is not a seven. You watch him get a nine, he goes good. Rain's a good nine. Merrin tries hard. Tyson Frizzell played well. Like, there's some good bits there, but they need a seven and a six. Genuinely, he also he doesn't have a traditional fullback there either to help him out. So yeah, well, Bill wasn't a traditional fullback, I think, from the start. No, and no, now they still don't have one. They haven't had one since Boyd, and no. look at the results since Boyd's left. So, so you need to have a ball playing fullback in this yeah. day and age. I know Nightingale and Morris are both good runners of the ball, but you need that link player. So yeah, definitely for them, it was just more that you know a, a bit a bit of lack of creativity and it just didn't flow but I still give them a bit of a rap they, they turned up, they had a red hot go but they just couldn't get the job done so leaving that one behind uh, yeah, oh, Sorry, that was uh, 16 years since Manly's won it at Cogra so it's been a very very long time Yeah, well, One other player I just want to quickly mention, George Defour He was sensational Mate. Him and Brenton Lawrence I think have been the guys for Manly that have really stepped up, like if you would have said to me at the start of the year that um, Brenton Lawrence and George Defoe would be playing the way that they are, I would have laughed at you. Um, yeah, well, George, they've come come on leaps and bounds. The Defoe thing doesn't surprise me because I watched him play under-20s as a fullback and thought he was outstanding. <coughs> uh, he got tries as a winger last year, but as far as his dummy half contribution, that, that's the big thing. Mm. You, you need those runners. He gets in there and works. He's making line breaks from dummy half for Christ's sake. So, yeah. uh, the halves, Lawrence, and just their, their, their normals, you know, that foot, those forwards, they've just got the job done. So, they get a lot of a couple of players back next week, and they're just going to keep picking them up, roll into the origin period. Yeah. I'll so, look forward to that game next week. It'll be good. Oh, them against the Roosters is going to be huge. Yeah. But uh, that's the reviews for this round. So now we'll jump into the degenerate gambler section. Degenerate gambler section now. So we'll roll through the games and look at the odds. Alrighty, Friday night, South versus the Cowboys at ANZ. South Sydney a dollar thirty. Cowboys three fifty. The start. Nine and a half to the Cowboys. Anything you like there? Nah, not really the line, nor the dollar thirty. To be honest, mm. I don't think there's too much given there. I think South are pretty much a shoe in, so that's, yeah. pr- that's probably not one I'd be heading towards unless you're looking at the thirteen plus. Yeah, or half time, full time. But I got burned on that last week with South. They they switched off for the last ten minutes and ended up winning by plenty, but just burned me in the end. Uh, the other Friday night game, the West Tigers two dollars fifty. The Cronulla Sharks a dollar fifty five. Uh, the West Tigers get a five and a half start here. Yeah, well, this one dollar fifty. I don't think that's actually too bad for the Sharks. I think they'd be good multi value this week if you can roll them in with somebody. Yep, I uh, I definitely agree with that one. I'll be having them in in my multi. Saturday, New Zealand over in New Zealand against the Dogs. They're two thirty five. The Bulldogs a dollar sixty four and a half start to the Warriors. Mm. So this one I say the Bulldogs, but as everyone said last week, they obviously played the Tigers, but. I just think those two front rowers do make the world of difference. So for me, 
I'd be happy to back them, but if I had them in a multi, I think that's one that might go against you. But I, I'd probably have them and the Tigers in a multi. Yeah, well, oh, my, the Sharks, my multi for this week, I'm going to roll those three games together. Souths into the Sharks, into the Bulldogs at $3.20. That's my multi for the round. The other Saturday night game is the Eels at home, $2.60 against the Broncos at $1.50. The Eels are getting six and a half start. I don't think that'll be enough. Mm, I'm with you there. I think the Broncos should and have to come down here and just do a number. Yeah, uh, the Broncos, you can get minus five and a half at a dollar eighty. So that was one that I I had a little sneaky bow peep at, and uh, I thought that looked pretty nice. Sunday's games, Canberra, a dollar fifty seven at home to the Newcastle Knights, two dollars forty. Not bad odds. The Knights get four and a half start. Yeah, well, for me, this one's the Raiders at home. They have to get the job done going back there, and uh, it's it's time to be a consistent side. They're probably not going to be too affected origin-wise, so now it's time to start putting the foot down. I don't like the dollar fifty-five, but I think it's a little bit too short considering mm. the Knights last week were mooted as a top four side. Yeah. Uh, Sunday, Gold Coast dollar fifty-five. St George Dragons two forty-five. The Dragons get five and a half start. Yeah, this one, to me, this one's a bit of a questionable game. I'm not too confident on either, so this is probably not one you're going to find me betting on. Mm. But if I had to lean one way, I'd probably go the Titans at home, getting a couple of players back in. I like the Titans. You can get a market there, minus 3.5 at eighty. so I don't mind that uh, that market. Sunday night, Melbourne, uh, sorry, Penrith against Melbourne. Penrith 5.50, Melbourne fifteen. The line's 15.5. Um, when you're playing with a line that big, you don't really want to bet on it. Uh, you're probably better off just backing Melbourne 13 plus if you if you think they're going to win. Um, but a dollar fifteen, I'm not touching that. No, I wouldn't touch it with a ten foot pole. No, I think Melbourne will be Melbourne half full. You'll probably get that at a dollar thirty. Uh, that's a bit of multi value. Uh, the last game Monday night, Manly are actually a dollar eighty five favourites over the Sydney Roosters at a dollar ninety five, and there's no uh, no start there. So. Manly, obviously, favourites because they're at home. Yeah, well, if you're going to go a straight bet, I'd be going the Roosters. That's just my opinion. But yep, either, 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 way. either way, if you want to lay something out, that, that's probably the best odds you're going to get. But it's obviously probably going to be the closest game of the round. So yeah. if you want to have something ride, that's probably the game to get your money in. Well, on paper, you know, if you're keen on the Roosters, I'd be pretty confident to back them 1-12. to 12. Mm. Um, You'll probably get three, you know, 325 for that. So... Uh, that'd be one I'd be having a look at. I can't see them going to Brookvale and winning 13 plus. No, most definitely not. So, well, that's it. That's pretty much it for this week. You got Brock thinking that there's a, a nice three piece multi there between. Yeah, the, the Friday night and then the early game on Saturday. I, I think three dollars twenty. South, I'm pretty confident they'll beat the Cowboys. Uh, the Sharks, you know, I know they they're struggling at the moment, but the West Tigers have got too many players out. Nothing against the Tigers. I just think the Sharks would be really keen to get two in a row. And then the dogs, I think they're well on the up, and the Warriors are awful. So I'm pretty confident with that three-legger, $3.20. Yeah, I'm, I'm a fan of that multi, but if I was going to be doing something this weekend, it'd probably be a 1-12 to 12 on either Manly or Roosters. I think you'll get your value there. So yep. there's something to look at, and uh, that's the degenerate gamble section for this week. So now, as always, we'll move on to Mr. Gossip. It's time for your weekly dose of goss from Mr. Gossip. The man who hides in confessionals in churches hoping rugby league players or people of the light will walk in to give him the good inside word, <laughs> Mr. Gossip. Oh, that's the best one yet, boy. <laughs> yeah, he's just... 
He's been writing them down for the last hour before we rung you. He's lying. I just had to think about that the time before I said, let's start this. Uh, he's he just, he just winging it. Yeah, I'm always winging it. That's what I'm best at doing. <laughs> All right, lads, we'll, we'll kick tonight off with um, young Canberra half Sammy Williams. Now, I remember maybe our first podcast, I was mentioning Sammy Williams and, and how his manager's shopping him around. Now, you've got to feel sorry for young Sammy Williams now. He, he, he's behind Cam Peasy. He's um, behind, uh, what's his name? McCrone. Uh, McCrone. Uh, so, yeah, look, obviously he's not going to get a first-grade run there for a little while. Now, I'm hearing the Panthers are very, very close to signing him. Um, they're in advanced talks. So that will be very interesting. Now, in particular, now that Luke Walsh has decided to leave the Panthers and head over to St. Helens, so... They're definitely looking for a halfback. Yeah, well, you look at that situation, and it's probably not a bad trade-out. You know, the Raiders aren't going to be offering too much with the two halves they've got, plus young Milford and Cornish. So uh, Penrith probably give them a little more money, and not to mention it's pretty much a guaranteed first grade. Yeah, definitely. I, Sammy Williams was one of the um, one of the best players for the Raiders at that in the back end of last season. So uh, he's younger than Walsh. Uh, he's probably got a better all all-round game than Walsh. So it's a good move for Penrith. Yeah, absolutely. Now, uh, the other point there was Luke Walsh. Now, geez, he, he went from that game against Parramatta to man of the match to against the Roosters. He just he ran about 15 metres. It's just the, the, the story of his career, really. So, look, he's going to head over to St. Helens. I know St. Helens want him now, desperately want him now, because they're going like busters over there at the moment. I think they're in eighth spot, and they're, they're a big club that what's not acceptable. Nathan Brown, the coach, really wants him over. Whether Gus releases him straight away, I'm not too sure. I don't think Gus would just because I don't have any halves there as backup. But look, it'll be interesting, boys. Yeah, we look at the moment. Uh, Humble's been, I think, dropped this week, or I don't know if he's injured. I didn't hear nothing about injury. But Isaac John's getting a run. Austin's still out, and then the only person they've got besides that is uh, Walsh. If he's not, if he's gone, so. You really wouldn't think just for depth for the rest of the year that he can't really go anywhere. I, I'm of the opposite. I reckon I I think they're going to release him. I reckon they'll release him as soon as they can. They'll just get him out of there. That's just yeah, he wants to release. Yeah. That's just what I'm what I'm feeling. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Now Tompkins, we mentioned that Tommy Tompkins, the fullback last week, going to the Warriors. That's almost a done deal, boys. But look, they're going to have to clear the decks. Um, I'm hearing Kevin Locke, he's been getting massive offers from UK Super League. Uh, this bothers me a little bit, boys, because it, it appears lately all the gossips about a UK Super League player coming to us or one of our players going to them, it's just absolutely crazy. What about all the young juniors coming through? It's its very bizarre. And, and then you get people saying, oh, look, we should expand and get other teams in the comp. Yeah, that's just absolutely crazy. We're getting all these pommies over here. Yeah, well, I look at it and I think the same way. I, I want expansion bad, but not bringing over a bunch of internationals. I'd rather they, they sort out all the junior sit, set up first, that are all the clubs, and then we can flourish from there. Yeah, I, yeah. I tend to think if, if the Pommy players are good enough to play in the NRL, I'm happy for them to come over. Mm-hmm. But it is a worry when it's at the expense of someone like Kevin Locke, who uh, he'd be a great pickup for another NRL club. You know, I mean, the Cowboys jump to mind if uh, if Matty Bowen ends up going overseas, but um, you know, he's definitely of NRL standing, he's probably going to leave at the peak of his powers Yeah, he just he, he can't get on with Elliot, not many of them do, um, I can't see Elliot leaving anytime soon because the owners love him, so yeah look, I hope we don't lose him fellas, but 
I don't know of any club that's desperate for a fullback in the NRL that would pay overs. I, I, you know, even the lower clubs like Eels, they've got a fullback in the Panthers now. They've got that young Moylan. I don't, don't think anyone's going to want to spend five or six hundred k on, on a fullback. Mm. Yeah, even the Cowboys, they've got. Greenshield's back on a limb. I don't think he's getting paid too much. And the one game he came in, he scored a try and set one up. So I don't think they'd be lashing out even for someone like Locke. Yeah. It'd, it'd also depend on what Locke's asking price is, I guess, in, in terms of how much uh, salary sides have got. So that'll all come into account. But as you say, mate, it'd be it'd be terrible if he uh, if he went overseas and, and was lost. And you might as well write your career off. If, you, if you're going to try and come back when you're, uh, you know, you're in your late 20s, you're probably you're on the downhill slide. Yeah, absolutely. Now, another young player going over there, boys. The West Tigers half, Jacob Miller, he's going to Hull FC. Uh, you know, I hate reporting this kind of stuff. So he's another one, another young fella going over there. Yeah, well, that's pretty straightforward. I think we've all kind of heard the murmurs about <clears throat> a bit of displeasure with the coach, Mick Potter. Uh, obviously, he was selected last week after being dropped for a few weeks and then Benji come back, so... That's the, the final straw I'm hearing that broke the camel's back. Yeah, I, I'm disappointed for the kid. I, I really rate him. I, I think he's got a, you know, he would have had a bright future in the NRL. Let's hope it's only a short stint over there and hopefully he comes back because I I just, I thought that Benji Marshall didn't really help him out that much in his in his time at, um, at the Tigers, but um, that's all history now, I guess. Yeah, another one, mate, off to the UK Super League is Tiaotai. He's going to Wakefield, a young Parramatta player. You rate him, boys? No, well, he's the older winger that went to the Sharkies and then became a forward. And I actually watched him play for Winnie this year. He looks like a monster now, and he, he was pretty good in the front row uh, after moving in, using his uh, footwork. I'm surprised they actually didn't use him, but at the same time, you know, he's been trialled, and I, I don't think he was going to have too much effect on the Parramatta side. So probably not a bad move for him at 25 to go get some cash over there. See, I think this is uh, this is an issue where... You know, we talk about these players going over the high-end players. It's also going to be a drain on our depth as well. So like a player like him, he goes overseas and plays in the Super League. It then probably puts more pressure on the kids that are in the 20s to step up when they they might not be good enough. Uh, and, I mean, Jacob Miller is probably a perfect example of that. If, you, if we had a decent mid-tier, so a, a level in between 20s and NRL... Jacob Miller probably goes in there, plies his trade for two or three years, and comes into the NRL mature. But he's now over in in the Super League. I just there's a lot of players falling through the cracks because of the big gap between twenties and first grade. I, I feel. Yeah, you're absolutely correct there. I, look, I know the Panthers, for instance, they're flicking the Windsor Wolves at the end of the year, and they're going to try and bring in a Panthers sort of reserve grade side to try and yeah. bridge that gap. But yeah, I mean, look, there is such a big gap, and uh, like you say, you've got these sort of second tier players going overseas. It's going to, yeah, it's not, it's not good for the game. No, definitely not. A bit of good news, Daniel Mortimer, I've met Daniel a couple of times, great fellow, country boy, um, you know, he was had the world at his feet a couple of years ago when he was um, um, starting at Parramatta and turned down that massive offer from the Bulldogs. Look, he's just signed a two-year deal with the Roosters, and I know he's as happy as Punch, and so is the family, so a very humble guy and always a good fellow to talk to, so very happy for Daniel Mortimer. Yeah, well, I think he's been pretty good, and he's time off the bench, and I, there was an article the other day on the NRB site I wrote, and... It was nice to just see that he's happy playing NRL, even if it is that 20, 30 minutes he says he gets to go berserk. So uh, uh, he's going to be important, obviously, at origin time too. A couple of players like Pierce and Maloney are probably going to be gone, so he might get a bit of time in the halves. Yeah, I, I agree. I think he's really found his niche at the Roosters. He, he fits in well there to their structure. and 
Um, they seem to play to his strengths. So uh, good on him. It's, it's good to see that he, he didn't fall through the cracks because at one stage there, it didn't look like anyone was going to want to uh, sign him. So uh, good on him. Yeah, I mean, when he was playing uh, for Wentworthville when um, Carney was at Paramount, look, he, he could have dropped his bundle and kicked a hissy fit and, mm. and fell through the crash, but he didn't. He kept training hard, playing hard, and Roosters picked him up and, and look where he is now. He's laughing. Yeah, exactly. No, the Raiders today, boys, they've announced that Blake Ferguson has re-signed with the club until 2015. Now, I'm going to drop a bombshell on you, boys. I'm a massive fan of Blake Ferguson on the field. He's a bit of a goose off the field. But, mate, he's one of the first players, for me personally, that I would pick in Origin this year. I think years gone by with selected players that are defence-orientated, I just think, I think Blake Austin is a bit of a show but I think he'd rise the occasion. And, and, yeah, he's one of the first players I'd pick in my Origin side. Yeah, well, man, Brock have had this argument before. I think Brock only really despises him because he's a peanut off the field, but uh, I enjoy watching him. I thought he may have been in for a look last year when you know, he started off pretty well, but obviously it's th- that up and down, slippery slope of uh, I want to be a first grader, but then I want to act my age. But uh, the other night he made just now Neil look silly. Uh, pretty good defensively as well, actually. He jammed in on him. He's pretty aggressive. So <laughs> if I'm picking it tomorrow, I'm, I'm kind of with you. A lot of people saying just pick Josh Morris. He's not in form. I'd be picking Ferguson ahead of him. Yeah, I sort of uh, agree with... Um what you're saying on the field tremendous player the other night he was excellent he ran some really nice lines uh kicked goals defended well so i'd agree with you wholeheartedly my i had issues with him with the off-field stuff i thought he was as much to blame in that situation as what josh dugan was the other reason why i probably was a little bit peeved is because it's not the first time it's happened so i mean they're paid to play on the field you know like we don't want to hear about the off-field stuff we just want to see him do what he did on saturday night but the issue for me is that it doesn't happen every week. So I'd, if I'm Laurie Daly, I'm probably a little bit nervous about picking him. But if he can produce that in the next three weeks leading into Origin, I'm happy for New South Wales to pick him over Josh Morris. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Look, he reminds me of a very young Justin Hodges. I remember Hodges when he was at the Roosters all those years ago. He was an absolute clown off the field. And, mm. and then he started getting picked for rep teams and he grew up. And, and I think it would be fantastic for Blake to, to get a run in New South Wales. I think he'd mature as a player because he's got the natural ability, fellas. He, you've seen him. He, he's fantastic. He, uh, I'm really hopeful that he gets a run. I think if he pulls his head in off the field, it's going to give him more energy on the field. Players are going to respect, players are going to respect him more as well. I, I just think that's where you're, that's what you're paid to do. So do it well. Uh, and for the last couple of weeks, to his credit, since he's come back in, he, he has done that. So... Uh, it'll just be a matter of time to see whether he can stick to it. Yeah. Uh, Panthers, Dane Weston, fellas. I know Sterling's got a big rap on him. Um, been playing for Windsor this year. Uh, look, he's been released by the Panthers and uh, going to sign up with the Melbourne Storm as early as today. So uh, I think the guy's a good fella. And um, knowing the Storm, he'll probably be a superstar, yeah? Yeah, well, <clears throat> for me, I'm pretty happy about it. Purely, uh, we, we've tended the last couple of years, you buy someone like Low or or Riles, who, you know, they, they do their roles, they're role players, but I'm, I'm pretty pleased this year being a fan, seeing people like Lagi Setu, Junior Moores and Weston, guys that are more mid-20s that still got a bit of leg speed and a bit of power and explosiveness about them. And, you know, we're picking them up on the cheap, so I, I think it's a lot better to fit our system and, and, and long-term as well. Mm, I think this is one that's not going to hurt Penrith, it's not going to hurt Melbourne, but I'm, I'm really excited to see how he goes under Bellamy because he's renowned for 
picking players off the scrap uh, who other other clubs don't want. And let's face it, Penrith are down the bottom of the table, so uh, you know you'd think that if he was, if they valued him, they wouldn't be sending him to Melbourne. But uh, I'm really excited to see how he goes down there. I reckon he'll um, he'll probably, as you say, be a superstar and uh, really break out. Yeah, he's got all the attributes. I, I hope he does well. Now, the last one for the night, boys, Todd Carney. It's the one I get the most emails about every day. Where is Todd Carney going? Look, ask any journalist, they'll tell you something different. I know Tony Adams from the Rugby League Week, he's saying that he's definitely going to stay at the Sharks. He's not going to Penrith. Um, Zorba, Peter Peter, says he's definitely going to Penrith. Um, I sent a message to Brent Reid, uh, the Australian, today, saying, look, you know, what's happening... Is Zorba on the money? Um, he says, look, he doesn't know. Look, no one knows, boys. He, he was spotted at the Dragons game on Monday night. Was he there to speak with the Dragons about a contract? Was he there to look at Sauer to play at the Panthers? Who bloody knows? Yeah, well, I was just going to say, I'm just going to leave it, to be honest. I'm sick of it. We've been getting inboxes and you get friends and people just like you have or we, we try to flick it off to you and you're, on, you're chasing your tail just like we are trying to figure out what's going on, so... As far as I'm concerned, I don't bloody care until it finally happens. Yeah, well, I, I got mail at the same time as we sort of broke the Soward stuff. I got mail that it was it was going to be them two. I'm still pretty confident it will be them two. And as I've said for the last couple of weeks, whenever we brought it up, it's not going to be the issue of money. Penrith are definitely going to make him the best offer. It's just going to be whether Carney accepts it. Yeah, right, boys, if, if it was you and you were Todd Carney, where would you go? I'm going to Penrith. But I'm biased, so yeah, well, I work. I work at the place, and I'd love to see him there. I think it, he's the he's the uh, the linchpin, and uh, Penrith are probably behind closed doors. They're probably having a party because the way Jonathan Thurston's playing, um, they're probably wrapped that they they haven't signed him. And you know, if they get Carney and Soward, I mean, Soward didn't play that well last night, but I, I don't think he's getting much help from the players around him at the Dragons either. I, yeah, I, I'd be going to Penrith. Yeah, well, for me, it's obviously... I heard the news about the Melbourne thing the other day. I was pretty excited to read that, but he's not going to go there on money. They're not going to throw dollar bills at him, but if you're telling me that the Warriors are offering me big money, I'm not going there. There's no way. He wouldn't move to New Zealand. Yeah. Uh, the Sharks, who knows if they're going to be around in a couple of years. They're still struggling to scrap up sponsorship after the little fiasco they've got going on now. So if I'm Todd Carney, it's the Dragons or Penrith, but I'm probably looking at Penrith because they're building. Yeah, for sure. Well, hopefully we hear something soon, boys, because like you guys, I'm, I'm completely sick of it. And yeah, people ask me what's happening, and I honestly don't know. It's, it changes every day. Mm. All right, we'll, we'll jump into our tips if that's the end of uh, this week's news. And uh, we've kicked things off with the Friday night games. We've got South versus the Cowboys, obviously in Sydney. Uh, not too much thought has to go to this one for me. South just keep proving that they can win a game in a, a tough spot. So South for me. Yeah, South will uh, lose this game. Um, if they do lose it, it's not going to be the Cowboys' good work. It'll be that South have a night off. They were tremendous up at Suncorp at a place that they haven't traditionally played real well at. Cowboys were awful winning over Parramatta. I watched that game live. It was just a stink fest. Yeah, Cowboys were, like you said, they were pathetic. And I think I say it every week. They're a club. They're just got to grow up. They've got to start winning away from home if they want to be a serious contender. And it's frustrating. Brent Tate looked disinterested. Thurston, you wouldn't know he was on the field. They were terrible. They had what the Queensland front row was, and they did nothing against the Eels. It was terrible. So, look, this is the test time for the Cowboys. If they don't win this this Friday night, I'm going to put a line through them, boys. 
Yeah, well, I'm starting to look at them and say they'll make the finals, but I'm, I'm very disappointed because at the start of the year I had massive raps on them, but I'm, I'm thinking they're just going to get in the eight and be straight out. Yeah. All right, the second I'll game, pick. oh, who you got on, mate? Yeah, I'm going to pick the Cowboys. You're picking the Cowboys? Wow. Wow. <laughs> I'm just kidding, guys. No, no, no. I was going to say, you're good for an upset champ, but I think that one's just <laughs> walking into the slaughterhouse. Yeah, no, 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 not the Cowboys. Yeah, well, the second Friday night game is obviously the... This one's an interesting one because it's the Tigers versus the Tiger Sharks. <laughs> and uh, for me, looking at this situation, the Sharks got a, a win they desperately needed, so I'm going to back them again this week. The the Tigers are just absolutely depleted at the moment. Like, one big positive, lots of young kids in there that are probably going to be there long term, but it's just uh, teething pain at the moment, rebuilding. Yeah, similar to what I said about South, I think. Uh, the only way the Sharks can lose is if they turn up and have a Barry Crocker. That's possible, but the Tigers, as we said, they're just depleted. So uh, the Sharks to win this one. Yeah, the Sharks should win this game. Gee, they were lucky to win last week. The Knights just, yeah, they, they were terrible in the last 10 minutes. Kurt Gidley, he, his brain fell out of his bum, I think, in the last 10 minutes. He was <laughs> yeah, but, I didn't realise yeah, he had a brain. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, look, the, the, the Sharks and me, fellas. Yep, Saturday night fixtures. The first game is uh, the Kiwis, the Warriors versus the Dogs over in New Zealand. Uh, you don't even have to ask me now. I've been blowing up about it every week going Cassiano Graham, Cassiano Graham. Last week, everyone says the Tigers are depleted, but it, it, it was there on the field. They were very direct. Those two got them going forward, so Bulldogs for me. Yeah, the Warriors, they struggled to beat a depleted Titans and fell over the line, so Bulldogs, they were very impressive. They looked like they were on the up, so the Doggies for me. Yeah, look, it's hard to gauge, fellas, for me, how everyone's saying the Bulldogs have turned the corner, but they haven't really had good opposition the past couple of weeks for their wins. But, um, look, this will be a good test for them. The Warriors aren't in that bad form. They're playing all right. Um, but, look, I think the Bulldogs will win. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll tip the Dogs. Uh, second game, Eels at home again against the Broncos. Uh, much improved defensive effort last week. But same kind of deal as the Tigers. They, they blooded... A couple of young blokes last week. They don't have too much depth in the New South Wales Cup, so they're a week-to-week prospect for me. But the the Broncos, they've still got a gun forward pack. Struggling a little bit in the halves, but uh, Broncos. Yeah, Broncos. I, it was a stink fest at Parramatta last Saturday. I think it'll be the same this week, but hopefully the Broncos can play a little bit better footy than uh, what the Cowboys did. Yeah, I've still got a bit of hope for the Broncos. I haven't put the red line through them yet. They've been a little bit patchy, but... I think their best football's in front of them, and I think they'll give the Eels a touch-up this weekend. You've got a three-piece feed on Sunday, starting <laughs> off with the Titans up at the Gold Coast against the Dragons, and uh, this one for me, the, the Gold Coast are getting three players back that are definitely going to help. That's David Mead, Kevin Gordon, which finally gets rid of Steve Michaels, thank God. Thank God. Uh, we've <laughs> also got Ben Ridge back on the bench, so that, that's definitely not a bad thing, but look at this one this one's a bit of a 50-50 because you look at see what the Dragons did last night in patches they almost beat Manly but they I, I couldn't figure it out like there's just moments there where they switched on and then they were just out of the game again but I'm probably going to lean towards the Titans at home yeah I'm going to go the Titans at home St George I just don't think they've got enough points in them Titans I'm pretty convinced that they're going to score at least 24 points and I don't think the Dragons have got that many in them so the Titans yeah, the Titans for me, boys. Geez, I was disappointed. The Dragons on Monday night. I tipped them for the upset, and I thought they're gonna they're gonna get it for me. But look, I just you know I do feel sorry for them. They they don't have effective halves. Nathan Fien is not a half. Oh. You know he's a hooker, 
Um, he doesn't know what he's doing half the time. Uh, well, their forwards were good again, and that's what kept them in the game. The Dragons, they were making 10, 15 yards um, every run, giving the Dragons a lot of field possession, but they just couldn't convert the points. And, geez, Jamie Sauer, his kicking was like my golf swing. That was terrible. One from four. And I agree with you. He's kicking us at a brock. It looked like a Premier League player taking a free kick because instead of trying to, you know, have a strike and let, let it move a little bit, he was just flogging it. Yeah, yeah, a little pre-ritual kick. You think he puts more effort into that little dance than he does the actual kick, for Christ's sake. And then you watch Jamie <laughs> he just stands there like Mel Meninga, the old toe poker, and then knocks it over. Yeah. Jamie, if you're listening, mate, you're a good player, but cut that little dance, it's stupid. So I look forward to it next year, champion. He'll be wearing a chocolate soldier's jersey for you. <laughs> for Christ's sake, I'll be talking to him at the league, so I'm saying, mate, quit the dance, boy. Yeah, we'll look forward to this weekend. It is the Chocolate Soldiers, the old pennies at home against the mighty Melbourne Storm who are on the town. We're all going to be uh, there on Sunday night, probably canned on. So I'm looking forward to this. And th- th- there's no brainer for me. I tip Melbourne every week, so Melbourne. Yeah. The Panthers, they, they're a team. They just they try their hardest every week. I thought they busted their gut against the Roosters. We're in the game for 60 minutes. They're going to turn up and try hard against the Storm. The storm were awful, I thought, on Saturday night. Like, they just... I don't know. I'm, we're going to dissect that game, but... Jesus. If, if they turn up and play like that and Penrith can improve a little, it might be close, but you've you got to take Melbourne on face value. Yeah, the Panthers, they're, they're putting in. They just don't have the troops. You can tell the guys want to put in for, for, for Cleary, which yeah. is good. I think they really miss uh, Josh Mansour. He gives them a lot of metres. I, I don't think any of the Panthers' backs cracked 100 metres on the weekend, which is which is fairly ordering when you look at Josh Mansell, who usually cracks about 200. So they really miss him. Um, look, I think the storm by, by plenty, fellas. And, um, but it'd be good to see Sikamara up against his old club. Mm. Yeah, definitely. See if he uh, stands up against the old Stormers. And uh, the third yeah, game sure. for Sunday will be the Raiders at home against Newcastle. I'm backing the Raiders this week pretty confidently. Oh, yeah. They have to back up last Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.